Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, friends. I am so excited to be here, and I always love sharing miracle stories. We truly have a miracle story from someone whose name is Miracle. So first of all, Gary Miracle is here. Welcome, Gary. And why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So listen, my name is actually Gary Miracle. Uh, you know, most people think it's my amputee stage name. It's not. It's, uh, so much so, I, I've literally had to pull my driver's license out one time to prove to someone that Miracle was my last name. But it worked out. So my name is Gary. I'm 42 years old. I live here in central Florida, uh, right outside of Orlando. And I have a beautiful family right there. Gaboom. Look at them. Look at them. It's, a, it's a circus at my house. Um, but love it, love it, love it. I, I, I consider myself living the all-American dream right now. So I'm so blessed. I love it. Okay. So you might be familiar if people have like watched Christian music videos and might have seen a story, share why people might know you from the story. But then I want to go back and hear the story before the story. So tell us okay. where they might have seen you All and right. that happened. So uh, 23 years ago, I had the opportunity to be the very first employee for this no-name Christian band back then <laughs> called Mercy Me. Um, if you haven't heard of Mercy Me, you've definitely heard of I Can Only Imagine. If you've ever yeah. been to a funeral, you've heard that song for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I worked for those guys for, for about two years and, and they just became friends of mine. They, they, they well, more, they became family to right. me. And, uh, you know, when I went through my medical journey uh, a couple, two, three years ago, uh, Bart, the lead singer, Mercy Me, wrote this song called Say I Won't. Um, I, a lot of people have heard the song. Not a lot of people have seen. Well, I, it, there's over seven million views of it on YouTube, so a couple people have seen it. <laughs> um, but it, it's been pretty surreal that 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 they have allowed me uh, to trust them enough to tell my story in the music video for the song "Say I Won't," and and it went live on December fourth of 2020, and. It's been a whirlwind ever since then. And then the platform those guys have given me, I, I kind of joke with them because I've known them for 23 years that, you know, it cost me an arm and a leg for them to finally get to write a song about me. So oh but, hey, I'm very competitive. So I do whatever it takes. All right. There you go. There you go. You're like, I'm going to keep their attention one way or another. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What I love though, like God, how God works is like he had that relationship start, what you said, 23 years ago, mm -hmm. knowing that you know two decades in the future that your story is going to become interwoven with their story but able to go out and touch people and reach people mm -hmm. who are going through hard times and i think everyone in their life is going to go through a hard season a hard season when they might question god wonder why this is happening it might not be life-threatening they might not you know ha lose limbs in like we're, we're, i'm jumping ahead because i want you yeah. to tell you spoiler spoiler alert but <laughs> everyone, everyone goes through a hard time. Um, for mm -hmm. us, it was, we adopted seven kids from foster care during those seasons. 
getting kids from trauma and well, I know you know part of it because it's part of your story. Mm-hmm. Kids from trauma bring trauma into your home at times. And mm-hmm. so there's times like we're following you. We're, we're doing what we thought we we're supposed to. And it's just hard. So everyone goes through hard times and yet you are able to share your story. Now the song is going out there. Um, and I love how God put your relationship there for this season and he was preparing your heart to be able to speak truth to people. Um, but let's talk about, we've been hinting at this story. Tell us about really, there's so much to your story, but the medical journey, I think, gets people connected to hear more of what is what has happened and what God is doing in your life. Yeah, you know, I was, I was 39 years old. And, uh, you know, I had just mentioned that even right now, with everything that I've gone through, I feel like I'm living the all-American dream. Well, well, I mm-hmm. felt that way when I was 39 as well. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had an incredible sales job. Uh, I was working for Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book, which was incredible. It was a work-from-home job. Uh, my wife at the time was a stay-at-home mom. We have three biological boys. I have a beautiful daughter adopted from Colombia, South America, and things were just jiving. Like it was like we couldn't have written a better story for what would it look like. And then I think as Christians, we say like, but God, right? <laughs> but God. Yeah. So it was it was December in 2019, uh, the day after Christmas. So it was December 26th, 2019. And, and I wasn't feeling very well. And, you know, I felt pretty sick. It was, it was flu season here. I mean, I guess it was probably flu season everywhere at that <laughs> yeah. point. It was the last week of the year. Um, but it was also the last week of the year, you know, where, you know, your primary doctors really don't hold regular mm. hours, you know, they're doing that thing. So I took myself to the emergency room and, uh, you know, they asked me a series of questions. And, and at the end of that line of questioning, they, they told me I had the flu. They gave me a Tamiflu shot. They gave me a steroid shot. And then they gave me the, the, the normal phrase of, go home, get a lot of rest, drink a lot of water. If you're not better in 10 days, come back and see us again. Yeah. Well, through a series of events that led me to December 31st, five days later at 1 p.m., I went back to the emergency room for the fourth time. So wow. I went to the emergency room four times in five days. And on this fourth visit at 1 p.m., they looked at me and they instantly admitted me into the hospital this time. And they hooked me up to machines and uh, 46 of them to be exact. Uh, I was hooked up to 40. So I had tubes and wires and pipes coming in and out of everywhere in me. And, and once they got me hooked up to all of that, they, they looked at me. And they looked at my family who was there. And, and they told my family who was there that they needed to call the rest of my family and all of my friends to come in and say goodbye to me because they didn't think I was going to make it through the night. Um, actually gave me a 1.7% chance to wow. live through the night. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of weirdo is sitting in a cubicle that calculated 1.7. I feel like they could like, like, throw me a bone, give me 2%. Basically, at least like, it's basically zero, but let's just like say yeah. something. Like, we'll humor just- him and give him 1.7. So, uh, but the good news is 1.7% chance to live doesn't stand a chance against our God. So that is, that's the, uh, that's the best news. And, um, they admitted me and, and uh, I actually ended up being life lighted uh, from one hospital where I was at to another hospital in Orlando, Florida. And, and I arrived there around 2 a.m. on January 1st, 2020. Wow. The, the best year of all of our lives, right? Yeah, exactly. uh, I, again, us, like... I'm still very competitive. So I just beat everybody <laughs> to the punch on all of our lives yeah, in 2020. Yeah. So uh, it was 2020. I got to the emergency room. They rushed me out of the helicopter, put me in the ICU unit, hooked me up to the same 46 machines, 
confirmed the 1.7% chance to live and looked at my family and gave them the dreaded phrase that no family ever wants to hear that, listen, this guy's minute by minute, but we're going to make him as comfortable as possible. And, you know, that, that's just one of those things that you hate to hear. And um, Once I arrived in Orlando, I was instantly told that I was not a candidate for life support. Mm. Um, so it was a very confusing time for my family. Like, why would I go from one hospital to another just to die there and leave my family with all of these medical bills? And, um, you know, it was pretty horrific situation, you know, at the end of the day. And uh, here's my, I got to pause and give you a little disclaimer here because um, on my fourth visit, when I went around 1 p.m., I was, I was falling into septic shock and multi-system organ failure, and they put me into an induced coma. Yeah. So everything that I'm about to say, probably for the next three or four minutes, I don't know, it could be a complete lie. I have no idea. <laughs> it's I what slept you were through. told. I slept through it. This, this was the easy part for me, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, they, they, they had no idea. Um, and at, and at 7:18 a.m. on January 1st, 2020, I was laying on my hospital bed while the day shift was just clocking in at 7 a.m. And they were walking around to all of their patients, doing their rounds for the day, you know, to get a lay of the land, check out the patients that they're going to be up against for the day. And while they were at the foot of my bed, all 46 machines at one time gave the long dreaded B. Wow. Um, and I and I died laying right there in front of them while they were talking about me and, and I flatlined and it, it, they say it was just like out of the movies. You know, my my whole body started turning blue within 30 seconds. Code blue started coming over all of the speakers. This this little 70 pound nurse soaking wet just jumps on top of my body and just starts King Kong in my chest to try to bring anything back that they could. And, and at 729 a.m., 11 minutes later, they found a slight pulse and. And the doctors and the nurses were walking out to the waiting room to tell my family they found a slight pulse. And the cardiothoracic surgeon, this is my favorite part, the cardiothoracic surgeon who was on call that night, who wasn't a part of anything up until this point, joined the doctors and nurses as they were walking out to the waiting room. And while the doctors and nurses were talking to my family, she interrupted and said, we have no idea what to do with this guy. We're minute by minute, but I'm going to throw up a Hail Mary and put him on life support. So wow. it was unbelievable. It was as if God was like, see, I told you. Mm. It was as if God was like, okay, cool. You got a job with Mercy Me 23 years ago. See, I really do work all things out for the good. And here we are. So uh, I'm, I'm so <laughs> thankful for that. And on January 10th, I cracked my eyes open for the first time. I came out of my coma and I saw my mom's face. It was the very first thing I saw. <laughs> Yay, mom. Mom's she was like face. right there. Uh, I, I think that was very fitting. It's the first way I came into the world yeah, exactly. as well. So I can't be, remember that very well, though. That's right. Fitting to be the second as well. So I woke up from my coma, and then I started learning of the gravity of my situation, and and uh, and it started becoming very, very real to me. Um, I learned that while I was in my coma, my family had to make a decision on my behalf because there's no way that my body would have been able to take another bout of septic shock or multi-system organ failure after what I had just gone through. So my family had to make a choice. Do we roll the dice and, and lose my life or do we lose my limbs? And, and my family looked at them and said, we'll take him back however you can give him to wow. us. So, so they fought like crazy. And then 107 days later, I was discharged from the hospital as a quadruple amputee. So I have, I have no hands and I have no legs. But by goodness, I am alive and I get yeah. to be here to be a son to my parents. And it's, 
and a brother to my sister and a husband to my wife and a, and a dad to my kids. Like, I am so thankful. And, and, you know, I have prayed since day one that my story wouldn't go in vain. So if one person on this planet can get to know Jesus for the first time or the hundredth time, then I would do this all over again for them. That is so amazing. And just to think like you went there saying, I just don't feel good. And you woke up realizing your life is completely different. Like you said, your family had to make these decisions. And then what were those first moments? Were they confusion? Were they doubt? Were they thankfulness? Um, Or a mix of maybe all of those things all at the same time to realize what had happened and how long, you know, you, you were unconscious and the decisions that had to be made. Yeah. So, I mean, it was bad. You know, my, my limbs were, there were two medical terms they used to describe my limbs. Uh, The first one is necrotic. You know, I think that's a fairly known medical term that uh, due to the life support machine I was on, the way that it worked was that the life support machine takes all of the blood and oxygen and circulation from your extremities and it pumps it into your core to keep your organs running strong so your heart can kick back in. So mm-hmm. so that's what it was. And I was in a coma for 10 days. So that means for 10 days, my arms and legs were not receiving any blood or oxygen Yay. or circulation. So that's how they started dying. And uh, the second medical term that they used to describe my arms and legs, which I didn't know was a medical term at the time, but it was mummified. Oh, um, wow. I was, I was turning into a mummy. My, my arms and my legs were pitch black and hard as a rock. You could you could take a hammer and hit my arms and it would sound like you were hitting concrete. It, it was it was pretty rough. And 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 I promise you this, Trisha, I promise you, like I, I love Jesus with all my heart. I've been a Christian since I was 11, even though I don't think I became a Christ follower until I was like 35. Mm-hmm. But I became a Christian when I was 11 and I love Jesus. I was told that he was the answer. Uh, but I'm not some super Christian and I'm not just going to speak some Christianese language and I'm not just going to give you the Sunday school answers to everything. But on March 18th, I was laying in my hospital bed in 2020 and infection started setting in on one of my hands and, and they came in and they said, okay, it's it's time to go ahead and amputate both of your hands now. And, and I remember looking up at my dad and uh, mm. the only thing that came to me was was the verse in the book of Job in the Old Testament, which... If you've never read the book of Job, don't. It's awful. It's horrible. No, I'm just kidding. Read your Bible. It's a hard book to read. (laughs) Uh, The book in the verse of Job, chapter 1, verse 21, and it says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And and I knew in that moment in my life that for 39 years, the Lord had given me hands. And and right now it was just taking away time. So. I've spent my whole life saying that God is good and preaching that God is good and trying to convince other people that God is good. So how dare I, when something traumatic happens to me in my life, now live my life like he's not. And that's just not a stance that I was willing to take. And, 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 and I don't have to be perfect. And God did not mess up on me. And he didn't make a mistake on me. And, and, and I'm alive and, and my heart is beating strong. And, and I'm just so thankful. But I'm but I'm so thankful also that that verse doesn't end there because it says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. So whether he's giving or whether he's taken away, he's still really a good, good God. Yeah. And, and I'm so thankful for that. 
And I think, like we mentioned, Job is a very hard book to read. And there's, you know, Job had a lot of questions and God never really answered why, the whys. And he said, I am, like, I am there. If you look at, look at the creation, look at these creatures that I've created, look at, you have me. And he didn't get all the answers. And I think so many times in life, when we go through hard times, like Job, like you, whatever hard times we go through, we want to know the why. And we may never know. I mean, we could say, yes, now Gary's able to go and share Christ and he has a platform now, which is a good thing. But, you know, you also had a life-changing event, like multiple life-changing events. And yeah. um, and God's like, I am here. Like, I am with you and I love you and I created you. And I think that is hopeful. But also Job had the pit of despair. And then like, it wasn't like he was, you know, saying the Lord gives, the Lord takes away from the beginning, like he had tons yeah. of questions, tons of questions, tons of moaning and why, you know, I wish I was never born. Uh, and it's okay to have that. And I think so many times when people are going through hard times, it's okay to be upset. It's okay. You know, David had Psalms of despair, but at the end, and like Job too, you come around, but God, God is there and we can, we can praise him even in the hard times, even with the questions, even with the sadness. Cause yeah. you know, Let's talk about after, because you know, then you've lost your arms and then we lost your legs. Um, and you have to go through rehabilitation. There's a lot of changes in your life. Um, you know, getting used to this new normal. Uh, talk about that and talk about just journey through that. Yeah. You know, what I've learned is to your point that you were just kind of mentioning just now, like, you know, at the end of the day, we all have struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Like every single one of us. And 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 if you're watching or you're listening to this and, and you're not struggling with something right now, like that's amazing, but like, buckle up, right? It's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to be like a Debbie Downer, but we were told in this world, you will have trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. but take heart. So, you know, what I've learned is we, we all have struggles in our everyday life. And, and I'd venture to say that that the only difference between me and you right now is that my struggles are extremely visible. Yes. You know, you can you can see them. You can you can see how hard it is for me to open a door or to take a drink or to pick up a fork and take a bite of food, and and the struggle is real in that regards. And uh, you know, I, I'm sharing my visible struggles. I'm also sharing some of my invisible struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mentioned in the book that. You know, my wife at the time decided to go a different path after I got mm-hmm. discharged from the hospital. And, you know, the Lord continued to take away even yeah. even after the hospital stay. But, you know, what I've learned through the sharing of my struggles, visible and invisible. Oh, my gosh. I've never, ever, ever been more loved in all of my life when I thought I would be judged for the sharing of those things. And. I've never felt more loved and valued and seen in all of my life than I do right now. And I think it's very easy, very, very easy for for us Christians to put that that it's fine mask on, right? Like, the, hey, how you doing? It's, it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Fine. Wife's fine. Kids are fine. I'm fine as fine can be. Like that's that's what we say like all the time. But and I'm just I'm just begging people to take that mask off and you know, as, as, as some say, like, come just as you are, not as you should be. Like, we are so thankful and I'm so grateful that Christ, even on my very worst day, on my very worst day, when I feel like everything is hitting the fan, when I feel like everything is falling apart, 
Christ is still absolutely crazy about me and he's madly in love with me and he's crazy about you and he's madly in love with you. And, and it doesn't matter. And and I, and I take the stance with this and this is kind of a bold statement and it might offend some people. So I'm sorry if it does to you, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, if we wished that something was different about our lives, like if we wished that, that something was, was changed or something, then, then that means we're taking the stance that we think God's doing a bad job mm-hmm. at what he's doing. Like he tells us that he directs our paths. He, he directs our steps. He's in charge. He's in control. He's, he's planned every day long before our sorry selves were even a thought in this world. He knew what we were going to be. He knew who we were going to be. And it's incredibly freeing for that. So wherever you're at right now, whatever you're going through, the title of the book that I have coming out is No More Bad Day. There it is right there. Yeah. And it just no came more. out. It's like it's hot off the press. Hot, hot off the press. press. Seven I'm, days I'm old. listening to the audiobook. I'm halfway through. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. And I, I, it's No More Bad Days. And, you know, it's not some, you know, religious jargon or some detachment of reality. Like I get, like you said at the beginning, we're going to have tough situations. We're going to have hard circumstances. Like life ain't easy. Like if, if it ain't good, then it ain't over yet kind of thing. Right. So, but at the end of the day, if, if it really is true, if Christ's mercies are new every day, if that really is true, then I have, because of Christ in me, as Galatians 2.20 says, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ in me, which means you're not listening to Gary Miracle right now. You're listening to Christ in Gary Miracle. That's who I am, and that's my identity, and that's who I want to be, and and that's what gives me the strength, his strength, only his strength, to be able to endure this. So if you wish something was different, then you're assuming that he's doing a bad job, but your world's not falling apart. Like it's falling exactly into place and you're right on time. And God loves you way too much to leave you there, just like he did for me. So I'm praying that something is resonating with somebody even right now. And, and, and trust me, listen, when your hope is hard to find, you can borrow mine, like just try it out. (laughs) I've never met anyone in my entire life that was sorry for being a Christian. Mm -hmm. I've never met anyone that was like, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. That was a horrible idea. Like, no, God is good. And he's crazy madly, but madly in love with you. And so try it out, test it and see what it feels like. I just rambled. I'm so sorry. I just, no, no, this is like, this is, I told you, like, this is God. Someone needed to hear that today. Mm -hmm. Someone needed to hear that. And I think what I tell myself is like, God knows everything. He knows past, present, future, what's to come. He loves me completely. He loves me completely. So this is where he needs me to be at the time, as hard as it is, as hard as it is. And I think when you're authentic, like when you're sharing your story, when I share my story, it, it opens it up to other people. They can approach us. They can listen to us because we've been there. We understand we're in the middle of it. We're going through it. You know, when I share just, and I don't share like broadly to, put my kids down but as a mom trauma from adopting kids from trauma there was a lot of trauma and especially my my inner circle know more but you know when another mom comes in I speak at homeschool conferences a lot and come up and they know a little bit of my story what I've shared in books and things and they walk in and just start crying and I could hold them and I could cry with them it's not we don't even need like maybe we get get around to advice or encouragement but in the moment, they know that this is someone that they can feel safe with, 
that has gone through hard stuff that's not going to judge them and they can just let it go. And in those moments, and with you, I'm sure you see this. You, I mean, you travel, you speak, you connect with people. By sharing our stories and being authentic with people, they trust us. And when they trust us, then they start paying attention to this Jesus that we're talking about. Yeah. No, they, that, want that, that, they want that hope. And so, um, you know, as hard as it is for us to go through hard times, mm-hmm. all, I mean, there's so many people in the Bible that had to go through really hard times, but it pointed so many people to God. And then we get to be with them in eternity. We get to have this mm-hmm. eternity. You're going to have your arms and legs back. <laughs> all you know, We're all going to be made new in eternity. And we're going to be with these people that we have no idea. You have no idea who watched that video that Mercy Me did and heard that story, connected with your story, and have a relationship with Christ. But in eternity, you will. And that's going to be like, it's just going to be the best reunion party, how we know each other, connection, look what yeah. God did. And I think we have no idea the ripple effect of what God is doing because he loves us completely. He knows mm-hmm. everything. He has a good plan for us. And this is where we are for the transformation that happens within us and then the transformation that's going to happen through other people. Amen. That's, that's, ex- <laughs> yep. Okay. We're done signing off. Thank <laughs> you. No, I, no to, to your point, like, as, as I'm out traveling the world again, and I'm sharing these things, what I'm finding is more and more and more people raising their hands saying me too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody, somebody got the book and this book, oh my gosh, it is, I feel so terrified, uh, vulnerable kind of thing. But, you know, I go from, from fun things when I was a kid, like skydiving to. No, the skydiving one is priceless. I say it's a, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that again, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I had an opportunity, uh, somebody who read the book early on to endorse it for me. Uh, they read the book and they called me one day just crying. And they mm-hmm. said that because, because of one of the portions of my story is I, I lost my son mm-hmm. at 28 weeks and I, I lost Ellis Roman miracle at, mm-hmm. I lost Ellis at 28 weeks. And, uh, and I had a friend call me to tell me that 15 years ago, he lost a child and he's never talked about it with one person mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And he called me and he got to grieve for the very first time. And it's not because of anything that I said or did or who I am. It's just putting out real life because we all have the same baggage. We, we get it. Like, stop pretending people like we can find anything on this earth to argue about. We can argue about sports teams. We can argue about religion, interpretations of scripture. I think what, wasn't it like a couple, two, three, four years ago, the whole world was arguing if some stinking dress was like blue or gold or something like that. Like my goodness gracious. Like, but however, the only thing that you can't argue with me about, the only thing that I can't argue with you about is our personal testimony, what God has done in and through us. So so why can't we just go out there and talk about those things and in all of its glory with all of its mess and all of its baggage? Because now we're broken people, but Jesus is crazy about us. And if, and if we can, we, we can try that on, if we can test him out, I promise you it's worth it. Yeah, I love it. So what I love too. So the book is No More Bad Days. It's so good. I'm listening to the audio book. But what I love is I know I could pass this on to someone who has a lot of questions I'm thinking of some of our adopted kids. Like, why did God allow me to go through all the stuff, you know, with my bio mom and end up in foster care and failed adoption, like all the hard stuff in their lives? Um, I like 
I can give what I think. They, you know, kids don't often listen to their parents. <laughs> well, like, listen to this and look at, watch this video. And when they see you and your story, it's going to, it's going to touch them in a way that like, listen to mom. Well, but you know what? I'm so excited. One of my daughters, especially, I'm just like, going to be mm. passing when I see her next time passing this on. Um, because, you know, the subtitles, Trading the Pursuit of Perfection for the Gift of Grace. And the truth is none of us have a perfect life. Nobody. We strive for it. We try to have it. You talked about putting on different masks, trying to get approval. And even if we had all the approval of the world, it's not going to it's not going to fulfill us. It's not going to fulfill that hole in our heart that's only for Christ. And understanding grace and that we're already accepted. God loves us completely is going to change everything. And so if you're thinking of a book, like we're, we can even think about Head Till Christmas, like maybe someone loves to read true stories. Um, someone loves Mercy Me, Christian music. Like this is such a perfect tie-in as a gift. And it's such an encouragement to see, you know, when you are in the book, in real life, you're glowing with the love of Jesus. And I think that's going to encourage a lot of people. Uh, that thank you so much. That, that, I mean, that's so encouraging. And th that subtitle to the book is it means everything to me because I, I just mentioned I became a Christian when I, was, when I was 11, but probably became a Christ follower when I was 35. And, and and I spent those years just chasing the cheers of everybody that I could come across. Like I I had to be the coolest guy, the funniest guy, the best looking guy, the best dressed guy, the fastest guy, whatever, fill in the blank. I had to be that guy. And you know, I, I, that pursuit of perfection was everything. I, I needed every single piece of affirmation that I could get, but I was terrified of being rejected. And you put those two things together and it's a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. And before long, like I, I couldn't keep up with the charade of living that chameleon life. I forgot who I was when, when, mm -hmm. when I was with this person or that person. I'm like, oh, I can't remember what lie I told you or what persona I was mm -hmm. in front of you. But what I've learned is that God's grace really is sufficient and it's way better than any pursuit of perfection that I've spent about 24 years trying to chase. And, and if, if people can put that pursuit of perfection aside and, and as I'm, that's not saying just give up, don't try to do anything anymore. Like we still want to work and do everything, yeah. everything as best as we possibly can, but doing it for the glory of God. Mm. knowing that his grace is sufficient. So work your butt off, people. Work your butt. Get that pursuit of perfection as fast as you can, but know that it's meaningless if that God's grace, his sufficient everlasting grace, isn't the front runner and the center of attention in your life. So that's my prayer through this book and in all of these conversations that I'm having. I love that. And, you know, it makes me think of, like, we strive so hard to look perfect. But I love how scripture says, in my weakness, you know, God's saying, in my weakness, your strength mm. is complete. So Come we can on. try, like we're putting all these masks or shows, but where we are weak, that allows God to shine. And I've just seen him shine in you, Gary, today. Mm. I've seen him shine in the book. Um, so I love that. So where can readers go um, to find out more information about the book, about you? They can yeah. have speak at events they can watch the music video all the things yeah so so the the central hub is just it's going to be my website and it's super easy to remember garymiracle.com um, you can go there you can look at my calendar to see where i'm going to be i'd love for you to come out and see me if i'm going to be in a place near you there's a place to book me if you want me to come. Listen, I have seven kids, so I need money. So please book me as much as you can. <laughs> you gotta feed um, these kids. <laughs> that's right. 
Um, all of my social media links are on there. Yeah. The the link to the the retailer of your choice is on there to buy your book. And and listen, I'm not saying that you have to buy the book in order to get into heaven. <laughs> but like, why risk it? Why take the chance? Just That's in awesome. case you got to go to the website and buy the book and seal the ticket. All right? no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's awesome. I love that. I love it. Uh, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Though. Well, thank you, Gary, for being here today. I really enjoyed this. Thanks so much. This has been a blast. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.